Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring the strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working part-time at my private practice and part-time at a community mental health agency in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun, and please refer to your state guidelines and licensing boards for any ethical concerns. And please remember to subscribe and follow our podcast and on Instagram. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. We are so excited to have you here today. We already titled this, so you already know what it's about, <laughs> but we really want to talk about being awkward therapists. This is like, I can already feel the cringy feelings of getting awkward because I hate feeling awkward. Yes. It's the worst feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like the word, my husband talks about the word moist. He oh. hates the word yeah. moist. There yeah. must be, it's from a show or a sitcom. I think a lot of people hate that word. Yeah. It's like a thing. Yes. I didn't know about it yeah. until I met him. Yeah. But how, or like there's certain sensory things. Like mm-hmm. if you, some people touch like cotton balls and it just is like cringy. Mm-hmm. Um, even just talking about the word awkward makes me feel like I, my skin is crawling because I hate being awkward. Yeah. You and have it, like a visceral response yes, to it. Yes. And it happens so often. I don't know. But I think it's important to talk about because every supervisee that I work with brings this up. Yeah. And as you just said that, I'm wondering about, well, I, I guess I went to, when is the first time I felt awkward? How did I know <laughs> I felt awkward? And so I imagine that awkward comes up in different parts at different times. Yeah. Right. Like, do you, is it that you feel embarrassed? Huh? What's the difference between like awkward embarrassment and humiliation? Yeah. Just feel connected. Yes. Or varying degrees of the same thing, mm-hmm. maybe. But this is actually really hard to talk about. <laughs> I'm like feeling so like, oh, I got to stretch or something. Um, yeah. Cause I think that as therapists, when we feel awkward, it has to implicitly talk, like touch on something mm-hmm. from the past. I know. The first thing that came to my mind, whether it's the first time or not, is when I'm expected to know the answer to something. Mm. I think as a child, that was like literally like a thing that came up all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to know or supposed to have an answer. Mm -hmm. Or if you think of like a little kid that's kind of deer in the headlights, like, oh, I don't know what to say next. And that can happen in the therapy room when we feel like we have to know. We've talked about that before. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm thinking as a kid, there were a lot of whisperings as I was growing up Mm -hmm. and I was always around the corner listening (laughs) and I can remember even not getting caught for listening, but feeling then very awkward. Yes. Like I know something that I'm not supposed to know. This happens. I think that happens a lot in the field too. So if we have like releases to work with a family Mm. um, or if we're on like a treatment team, uh, we know certain things about the system 
and all consensual, like legally it's fine, but yes. it can feel like we're hiding something or if we can't share confidential information with a parent, yes. but we so want to, yes. um, that, yeah, that would be the same feeling of like awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe at the heart of it, is it just lacking? Is it something about like, uh, not being authentic or not being connected to yourself or? Yeah. I'm imagining that it's not being able to name it out loud, particularly yes. if you're not allowed to say something. Yeah. Is that, I mean, I can imagine, I'm just also thinking about like how that feels in my body. I'm just mm-hmm. like imagining this like stirring feeling. Ugh. See, I feel lanky. This mm. is totally my childhood somatic trauma shit of like being so tall and lanky and awkward and like being put in basketball at fourth grade. I was homeschooled till fourth grade mm. um, and there was no COVID. I was just a weirdo. Sorry, parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, and had like no social life. And then all of a sudden did basketball. And I remember getting bloody noses all the time because I couldn't catch the ball. Oh. And I had these big Harry Potter glasses before they were cool. Yeah. And like so awkward. Like I don't know where I am in space. I can't run or dribble this ball. And so I think that part of being awkward typically happens in relationship with other people. Yeah. So in that example, it's like with that basketball team, I can vividly remember just hating being there. Like I can't get my body to do what it needs to do to be in um, approval or be on a team. So the words of like belonging are coming up for me. Mm-hmm. And that's just my story. But I wonder if that's really relatable to anyone who feels awkward. Like if, a, I mean, we work with teens and tweens sometimes mm-hmm. and they are in an awkward stage. Yes. Like adolescence is awkward mm-hmm. and it's all about identity and belonging and individuation. And maybe they aren't feeling like they belong yet in the therapy space if they're awkward. Yeah. We don't belong with them yet mm-hmm. in that feeling. Mm-hmm. I think you're bringing up perfect points because I'm remembering when I was in band mm-hmm. and I played the flute. <laughs> you do not strike me as a band Yeah, kid. I wasn't in it for long. <laughs> And for those of you that were in band, you may know that you have to try out for like your seat. So if there's like mm. six flute players. This is so stressful as we're talking. Right. Number one seat uh, is the best flute player. And okay. you have to try out in front of the whole band. Why do they do this? Oh, kids? my gosh. And so I was thinking just now when you were talking about that, I was the last seat. Oh. And I remember I tried out and I broke down in the middle of it, bawled and walked out. Oh, and it is his piece. So sad. Yes. 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 Of being in relationship with people, being community. And it is hard to distinguish between, I know I was feeling awkward then, but then it ended up spiraling into shame. Yes. Yeah. Is awkwardness like the perpetual, um, something is like in, in suspension. So I wonder is, is awkwardness really just personified, like suspension of our worth being up for grabs? Like, am I, do I belong here? Am I worthy? Mm. What maybe our strategies come up to like stay in connection? It's, it seems very related to attachment as we're talking about it. I think that you're 100% right. I don't work with teenagers uh-huh. because I feel awkward around them. <laughs> I was an awkward teenager. Yeah. I do have a handful of teenagers on my caseload. Yeah. And most of the time I feel pretty awkward. Yeah, it is awkward. Mm-hmm. I've learned to just say it. Yes. This feels awkward right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes around too what you said with identity. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be, and you can tell me because you work with more teens, is it the most awkward to work with teens because they are moving through so many different identities and looking for their identity? Mm-hmm. 
And so I wonder if like you get in a groove and then all of a sudden their identity has kind of like switched mm-hmm. um, or they're grasping to something else. And then you're in this new awkward phase with them. I'm thinking about gravity. Mm. My son is really into gravity right now, my <laughs> oldest. And we are watching like a little YouTube. Anyway, it's a long thing, but about gravity Mm -hmm. and how different orbits work and slingshotting around certain planets, how that is a thing and whatever, if you're in orbit. And it's making me think about like, yeah, if we're in a certain kind of like rhythm, we're orbiting around this person or we're in, in synergy like that. And then one day it's like they have slingshot around to another place and we have to go find them again. And so we are, I don't know if I'm putting words to that correctly, but we have to stay with them, but they have changed their, the gravity has changed. Like the, the physics behind how to be in connection with them has kind of changed and that can be jarring. Like we didn't notice. I don't know. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you started to describe, you kind of had moved your hands around, like when you're describing Mm -hmm. the universe and you moved your hand in a circle, it reminded me of our conversations around the nervous system being this dance. Yes. Right. So per usual, it comes back to the nervous system. (laughs) I'm just so grateful for the poetic, the comically poetic way that they all talk about it. And they all, I'm thinking like Dan Siegel and Bonnie Badnock and Cozolino because yes, it is like a dance and there's a cadence to it. And sometimes it feels like the client has shifted. I think particularly in adolescence, that might be true. Mm -hmm. Um, I only feel like I can work with teen. I just love teen girls. Mm -hmm. I really love littles too, like the little people. But um, I think the only reason I've learned to work through the awkward like naturally awkward stages of development in adolescence with people is because I have accepted my own perpetual awkwardness. Yes. So I'm not so scared by theirs. Um, And I can kind of name it and settle in. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it doesn't feel as frightening anymore since I've worked through my own stuff. And I resonate like with that. I mean, I had terrible experiences with child therapists as a child and a teen. Yeah. And so I get it. Like if they're resistant or don't want to be there or yeah, I don't I don't think I have as much of an agenda. It's honestly, I'm trying to think about when do I feel the most awkward? It's when I am probably doing like case coordination with like a PhD that comes up for me. Like I don't have my PhD. Yeah. So I begin to feel like a big imposter. Yes. Um that's really hard. Yep. Or if I'm working with I feel awkward in groups. Gosh, you are so gifted at leading groups. And that's very I, kind of you. I really believe yes, and I'm I like the idea, but they have to be small groups because being seen by too many people Mm. is really overwhelming. I have never ran a group by myself. I steal somebody else's nervous system. (laughs) I like pick somebody and like, I'll steal your nervous system so I can help help me run this group. Yes. I think if I get really, this is so silly, but when I listen to certain reggaeton artists Mm -hmm. um, that my husband and I love, then I feel a little more embodied, Mm. but- uh, the beat, like the rhythm of yes. those songs really get me like in my body. Yes. And if I, I don't know, I just feel ready for my day and then I can like face my day with more confidence. Um, maybe for you, if you're a gentler soul, that's yoga. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's there's yoga. rhythm in yoga. Yeah. And you're more in your morning or like before clients or, but there's something about rhythm. Like as we're talking about that, I think that that's really true. Getting in rhythm with your own uh, way of being for approaching others. You can be really solid in that. Yes. When I think about awkwardness, there is not a rhythm in it. It's this yes. very like jolting back and forth. Yes. And I was just 
kind of in my head about, well, if I am laughing or sometimes I can crack a joke about the awkwardness, Mm -hmm. it immediately feels better. Certainly there's a piece to like naming it out loud, but just laughing with somebody like naturally creates a rhythm between the two of you. I snort laughed with a client a few (laughs) weeks ago and it was both like mortifying and awkward and so funny. We were like laugh crying. We were already laughing about something Yes, because this person was showing me a meme and it was just so funny and related to what we were talking about. And there's something to that. Yeah. Laughter is so playful. So if you think about the brain that is in the higher regions of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. And as we're talking, is awkwardness actually just another level of vulnerability that you're getting with your client? If you Mm -hmm. can like get past that, you have entered into another level of relationship. Yeah. Especially if like you end up being able to laugh like you just described with a client, like you can now go even deeper. Yeah. And your client gets to see this very human part of you. Yes. Being awkward is a very human part. Oh, yes, it is. It's probably really helpful and really necessary for clients to actually see that and Mm. to watch you work through that. If If we can work through it. Yes. Well, my clients definitely have seen me if I'm, even if I'm not working through it, I'm like, like a worm. (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) moving my body. Definitely no hands. Yes. (laughs) Like trying to work it through. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good, I love thinking about that, how it actually is an opportunity for more vulnerability and connection mm-hmm. with our clients. And it could be like radical attunement to their awkwardness mm-hmm. if we're talking about teens um, specifically, but it could be like a sign that there's implicitly or somatically something being touched on for you as a clinician. And all of that is normal and okay. I don't know if this is like uh, within the theology of therapy. I don't know if it's okay to say, I don't think my awkwardness will ever go away. No, I think that's fine to say. Yeah, because just the way people perceive me, I typically don't get feedback that I'm awkward, but I still feel awkward. Yes. So like, it's true. People's perception of us is not always congruent with how we feel. Inside. Yes. I completely relate to that. But like, you do great in social situations. And then like, if you could see what's happening inside my body. Yes. (laughs) I know someone described it like a, a rip current. Did I say that in a past episode or a rip tide? No. Yes. And I have to tell you, Kelly, I hate this feedback. So sorry to anyone listening that has said this. And I have told them this. Everyone tells me I'm so Zen and calm and like, I don't know. It's always reflected. Like you are just so calm. And I hate that feedback because I am the most anxious. I'm the most anxious person I know. And <laughs> Why do I, why is that happening that the perception is so incongruent and someone in a consultation group um, that I'm in, she's like, Abby, you're like a riptide, like on the top, it's calm, but underneath it's going to like suck you in and pull you. Mm. It's chaotic and churning. And, mm-hmm. and that's so confusing to me when I think about interpersonal neurobiology, like how can that be? How can, like, am I really that defended Hmm. highly defended that like people perceive me as being calm Mm -hmm. or is that a part of me? And there's just also a part of me that is so unsure about what to say and wants to say and do the right thing. And yeah, I don't know. I know. I wish that I, it's making me think about so many things beyond the time that we have, but it is interesting because I can relate to that. I have similar feedback and feel very similar to you about that feedback. I wonder if lots of therapists get that because we have um, a way of, I don't know, my husband calls it the smooth jazz voice. 
Uh, we have a way of tapping into this like kind of nestled like cadence of talking, Mm -hmm. but underneath there can be moments of such dysregulation or unsureness or yeah, maybe we all feel that on different levels Mm -hmm. in a prior episode that sparked the idea to talk about this specifically. Um, I mentioned the image of a purple ostrich that's like both flailing and looking for a place to hide its head in the sand. And so I guess I would wonder if people have images that come to mind as we talk about being awkward. Um, cause I'm starting to learn to like befriend that awkward ostrich when it comes up for me in my system. And so if you're, if you're kind of metaphorical, maybe there's like an image that you can begin to notice or maybe a word for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if we are in session with a client and we ask them to draw a picture with their non-dominant hand yes. or using clay to yep. create something that's coming up as, as we're talking about this. Yeah. And so we just encourage you to think on that this week. And we can't wait to be with you at next episode. Just being vulnerable feels longer. Oh my God, it does. <laughs> I was like, I was talking forever. That's how I felt. That's why I stopped at the restaurant. I'm like, I'm talking way too much. <laughs>